When we love, we always strive to become better than we are. When we strive to become better than we are, everything around us becomes better too. Recruitmentary. Empowering your employment. Good morning and welcome to Responding to COVID-19 webinar series. Today's topic is finding success, interviewing, hiring, and onboarding virtually. This is our sixth installment in a series of webinars focused on sharing guidance on how the business community can best adapt to the realities of COVID-19. I'm Joe Newell, Director of Programs and Strategic Initiatives with the Orlando Regional Chamber. For the past several weeks, the Orlando Economic Partnership has been working around the clock to help local businesses provide critical information and resources and assistance to reduce the impact of COVID-19 on this economy. Thank you for attending what I anticipate to be a highly informative webinar. Throughout the webinar, you will be able to ask questions. There should be a little Q&A button there for you. And when we get to the Q&A section, we will be able to answer as many as those as possible for you. But keep in mind, we might not be able to get to everybody. Before I begin, um, I want to make sure that everybody is aware of the resource page for COVID-19. The resource page can be found at orlando.org slash COVID-19 or backslash, excuse me. The resource page again is orlando.org backslash COVID-19. This is the one-stop information session where you can find links and anything pertaining to COVID-19. At this time, I'm going to hand it over to Danielle Permenter, Senior Director of Talent Initiatives with the Partnership. Danielle? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Joe. Thank you all for joining us this morning. In a few minutes, I'll introduce uh, both of our speakers, Tracy and Nicole. We've heard from many of you throughout the past few weeks, and we know that there's been a quick shift to virtual technology for interviewing, hiring, and onboarding. So we hope that you'll find some great innovative best practices and resources in this webinar. First, you'll hear from Tracy Rebar, who will talk about virtual interviewing, and then we'll hear from Nicole McMurray on virtual hiring and onboarding, as, as well as best practices for culture and keeping your team engaged throughout the process. Tracy Rebar is a seasoned business professional with over 20 years of cross-functional experience in human resources. She has expertise building and leading large teams and shaping people's strategy locally and globally to help propel business priorities. Currently, Tracy is an HR business advisor supporting the South Division of Chase's Consumer Bank. Additionally, she is leading significant development advocacy work for the Consumer Bank by shifting culture, driving education, and creating ongoing dialogue between managers and their teams. Thank you for joining us today, Tracy. I'll hand it over to you. Thank you, Danielle. So I'm really excited to be here today to talk about virtual interviewing. It's something that I've been doing for a long time and I think really interesting in these times. So 
you know, it's interesting when I started thinking about this and what's really important. The first thing I started thinking about was technology. And then I thought, I don't think that's the most important thing. So I backed it up a little bit and I really kind of gave some thought around for starters, who's, who's doing the interview, right? So it may be you, you may be a business owner, it may be somebody on your team. But the first thing I thought about was, what's the experience that I have as the person who is being interviewed and what gets me excited about a company? That's not going to change, right? That's going to be people who feel proud about where they work. So I think we have an opportunity in this time more than probably we ever had to be extremely intentional about how we make our employees feel. And that includes the employees that are going to be interviewing people to join your team. So I'd really start there. How am I making people feel proud to be here? Um, How am I staying connected with people? I think that's one of the most important things. And we're seeing lots of new ways of people staying connected. I know I personally have a virtual happy hour happening for the last 10 minutes of a meeting today. Um, At the end of the day, of course, it'll be great for the people in California. I think it's be like two o'clock there, right? Get started early. Um, But there are lots of different ways. I think, you know, we're starting kind of the old um, chain letters where you're saying, you know, say something nice to someone or give somebody a great quote and, and doing that. So there are lots of different ways that we can think about connecting together right now. And I think that's really paramount before you even start uh, thinking about the interview. Um, The other thing I was thinking about was, what do I wear in a virtual interview? Not so much even what are they wearing, but what am I wearing as the interviewer? Because today I know I get on meetings now and I see folks in baseball caps and t-shirts, which is totally cool if that's your culture. But I would say as you're thinking about what to wear when when you're coming on, if you are a suit and tie organization, maybe you lose the jacket and keep the tie. Um, If you are a t-shirt and jeans organization, make sure people are seeing that as they're coming online to see you, because it's one more way you can show people who you are that won't have the opportunity right now to walk through your four walls. Another thing I was thinking about is um, interviewing in general. You know, a lot of people really cannot hire right now, maybe even letting people go. Um, But this is still a phenomenal way to think about sourcing because, you know, if we don't have a strong pipeline, it's the death of our business, right? Because we, it takes too long then to ramp things up. Um, And even as, as we may have slowdowns, it's thinking about what is it going to take for that recruiting arm to churn back to business and how long will it take? And really having that pipeline is so critical. So I would encourage you, even if you are not doing interviewing to hire people right now, that you're really thinking about doing interviewing for for the strength of your pipeline. Okay. So that's kind of about feeling proud and, and, you know, how am I going to get enthusiastic about, about interviewing people? Then comes the technology. And I think you'll hear more about this later today, but couple of things that I've used historically. You can obviously use FaceTime, you can use Zoom, you can use blue jeans. There are lots of different technologies that you can use um, to, to kind of talk to people online. What's interesting, and I've had some experience in, um, and it looks cool and, and a definite shiny object, is predictive analytics. So there are tools out there where you can do video interviewing Um, And there are algorithms built behind those videos that look at um, body language, word choice, order of words, things like that. 
Um, they've gotten very popular and then they've kind of gone away a bit. I would just say, if you start hearing about those and get excited about them, just make sure you're really thinking about potential adverse impact to certain populations, whether they get kind of a bump boost up or a boost down um, because of just their own background. So be really mindful of that as you start to maybe hear about those types of technologies. Um, definitely test the technology before you start. I would say give it extra time than you would a normal interview for two reasons. One, assume you may have glitches in the technology, whether it be at the beginning or halfway through, somebody glitches out or their five kids are upstairs streaming videos and all of a sudden their internet you know, starts to slow down. Um, also a really good opportunity to build rapport. Um, have a plan B because the technology may fail. So maybe you have to pick up the phone and just actually have a voice conversation with somebody for your first conversation. And, and that's fine too. Um, when you think about the interview itself, I hope that you're thinking about what's the same and what's different right now, because there are still a lot of the things that are going to be the same. The type of conversation that you have, a lot of it will remain pretty consistent to what you would do in a face-to-face, -face. but be flexible right? These are extraordinary times. There may be dogs barking in the background. There may be kids running through or screaming or crying where in normal circumstances, you would say like, really, you couldn't get yourself to a private area for 30 minutes. This is important. It's a job interview. Today, we know we're all at home sequestered um, with either alone or maybe with animals or lots of kids. So keep that in mind, I would say, and just be patient and understanding. Um, also, you might think of new techniques. Maybe your first round interview is send me a video of yourself on any subject or on a particular subject. And maybe that's how you start to think about your first level screening to see how creative people are or what they, you know, what they have to say on any subject. Another thing I think is building rapport. It's much easier to build rapport. If I walk into somebody's office and they have pictures of their kids or a blue basketball and I can talk about the Orlando magic or you know something that's going to connect us you get that visual cue right away you're not going to get that necessarily um, face to face although we did appreciate this morning when we were kind of all coming on some people did some cool zoom backgrounds so that's always fun to hear about and connect but I would just say think about that um, think about some of the questions that you might start off with that might be more rapport building than getting right into the, the meat of the interview. And some of those things right now might even be things like, what's something creative you're doing now that you literally spend every waking hour at home? And it might be interesting to hear what people have to say. Not only could it give you maybe a few ideas to take home, but also just thinking about how their mind works, thinking about how they deal with challenge and how they deal with um, you know, problems coming up that they didn't anticipate. And I might also ask them to talk about issues they're seeing that surprise them. Because wouldn't it be interesting to see what actually surprises people in a scenario like this versus what people just kind of roll with the punches? And I think that's really going to help you understand as you're building your team and continue to think about who's right for you, you know, how do they handle adversity? How do they handle stress? Um, because that's going to be very important for you as you continue to grow a strong team. Another thing I was thinking about is really um, the lack of body language. So normally you can see if people are tapping their feet or getting uncomfortable in their chair, you're not 
probably going to see that. So do the best that you can to watch for facial expressions, look them in the eye and, you know, do the best that you can around that. I think you won't necessarily get the same cues as you normally do, but hopefully you can get a decent feel. So I'm going to wrap it up and I would just say this. The most important thing we can do for people in this time, whether it be somebody who's interviewing or somebody who works for us, is to have empathy. We're all in the same situation and we're all finding it challenging in different ways Um, and really to be supportive, right? So even letting people know at the beginning of the interview, like, I get it. Just don't worry if something happens, something crashes in the background. It's okay. We're all human and going through this together. And then for your team, really help them to feel proud of of you as a business owner and of the work that you're continuing to do in the community and the strength that you build as a team, because that will really exude in the interview and make people get excited about joining your team. So that's it for me. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. We really appreciate your comments. Um, Something we say a lot at the Orlando Economic Partnership is the future is about people. And I think Now, more than ever, we can really instill those traits of empathy and leadership into our teams and attract the right candidates. Um, As the audience um, continues to watch, please continue to um, put your questions in the chat box at the bottom, and we'll get to those at the end. Um, But now it's my pleasure to introduce Nicole McMurray. Uh, Nicole is a professional recruiter, leader, and staffing consultant for Apple One and has nearly 15 years of experience in connecting great people and great companies. As a regional leader within Apple One, she has the privilege of supporting a team that has consistently been the number one branch in the nation. Nicole is based out of Orlando with a focus on this market, but her team takes great pride in serving clients on a national level. Um, Nicole, I know you have some great resources and tips for our audience, so I'll hand it over to you. Thank you so much, Danielle, and uh, thank you so much, Tracy. It's been so fun getting to know you in this process and to hear the way that you're approaching the interview process. I'm just so grateful to be able to, to be partnered with somebody like you. My Zoom background has my kitchen included in it, so this is what it looks like when I get to work from home. I appreciate you guys. Nicole, if we can just head to the next slide. So I've been asked by Danielle to talk about what it looks like to facilitate the former offer and that process. And so as we work together, I want to just share that I am not an employment attorney, as Danielle and I talked about for so many reasons. And so everything that I share today will be on the people side of the business. We have over 200 uh, Apple One locations throughout the United States. And so we have a broad based experience working with our clients. And so we'll be using that and then our local exposure here to be able to tell you our story. So if we can go to the next slide. On the people side, when we look at our quality and paperwork, when we when we moved to this virtual environment, I was on the phone with our regional vice president of enterprise development. And like Tracy mentioned, we want to talk about what will change and then what will remain the same throughout this process. And so from the people side of it, there are some things that have changed. And for us, it's been really, really rapid. And I think we've all, in our email, we've gotten all those checklists from every single company. Do you have a webcam? Are you smiling? How's your lighting? And so we don't want to do that, but I do want to encourage you to think about some things that we might have missed in this process. So when we look at this, it's maintaining your job ad responses throughout the transition to a work from home environment. 
Are we maintaining access to our online applications? I know at Apple One and just a few of our offices, as we trans transition to VPN, some of the applications we found within hours weren't coming through. And so we made that immediate change, but I think it's meaningful for us to pay attention to. The ability to share and keep resumes. A lot of our clients now, as they're moving through to making virtual job offers, we're using wet signature documents. And instead, we're not using those. We're moving to the DocuSign tool. I know at Apple One, we use that. And then again, I would encourage you to talk to your employment attorney, but the I-9 remote processing. So what does that look like? We still want to follow all of our guidelines. So at Apple One, for example, we've moved to an authorized representative uh, approach for our I-9s. And so we've been working with our candidates uh, to make sure that we can still follow the spirit of the law, but have flexibility and elastic boundaries during this time. So if we can just go to the next slide. What's really changing? You know, it's interesting, four weeks ago on March 3rd and March 6th, I was in front of groups of CEOs, so peer groups of CEOs, and we were talking about how to attract talent in the tightest market in the United States with unemployment being 3.5%. And now just four weeks later, we've shifted into these times that some of us can't even really fully wrap our brains around. And so I think as we look at what the next steps will be for us, the onboarding process, we we don't want it to change. We want you to be able to have the opportunity to get really good at it. And so if you're in a work from home environment from, with your team, this would be a form that we were working with you four weeks ago on and we wanna work with you now. What are your job attributes worth changing for? If you were recruiting somebody four weeks ago in the tightest market or now when we, we're gonna have a surge of candidates in the marketplace, I think it's really important to gather around your team to maybe have a Zoom call and just talk about when we get ready to hire, if it's not right now, what are we worth changing for? To be able to build your story. And so some things that we want you to look at, what does success look like on your team? Right now, you know, what are you doing to impact the community? What incentives programs do we have? What industry or affiliations, what are we networking? What exposure do we have? To be able to build that very important story for when we attract talent. When you're making a job offer, whether it's virtual or not, we want it to be a total opportunity job offer. And so here too, I would encourage you, and all of these tools that we share are available on our website at apple1.com and then it's forward slash scale. I can send that to Danielle to send out afterwards. But we think it's important during this time, especially as we're getting ready to do some virtual onboarding to really get access to our employee testimonials. So maybe spend some time doing a Zoom call and finding out what do you love about where you work? What does that look like? We wanna be able to tell that story. I can tell you a few weeks ago, we had a lot of candidates that were getting ready to look for work. And now those grievances have turned into gratitude as we've seen our companies rise to the occasion and, and do some meaningful things to retain uh, their talent. And so there's been a lot of beauty in the marketplace. Make the time whether you're onboarding now or you're onboarding in the future to get those testimonials and have those conversations. We can move to the next slide, Nicole, thank you. Her name's Nicole too, so it works out because I feel like I'm telling myself to do this, but it's actually not, so it feels great. Third person conversations. So why are we talking about this right now? You know, so many companies are, are making transitions. We're hearing stories of people being furloughed. What does that look like? Again, four weeks ago, unemployment was 3.5%. And so now, as I spoke with companies, they were in survival mode. They didn't have the time. They didn't have the attention to be able to give this part of their organization the time that it needed. So if we have it now, 
let's take advantage of it. And if we can't control our world, let's take control of the things that we can. And so the reason why we want to have this conversation is because it's too costly to not invest in hiring. And so when this, when the market changes and it will, if we can get really good at this, we have a lot of conversations about cost of vacancy and making sure that we pay good attention to this, because if not, it can cost us a lot of money. We can go to the next slide. Okay. So we have clients that have converted to onboarding, we virtually. And I think a best practice that we're seeing right now outside of technology, the, the classes right now are about 25 people. They're being assigned uh, a, a specific trainer that's going to be working alongside of them. There's going to be test outs. Um, some of our clients that are doing work from home positions, we just filled 75 for one client. We have another client that's getting ready to onboard 333 candidates in a work from home environment. These are the technologies that they're using. So we've all heard of Slack, I'm sure. Um, Microsoft Teams is something that my team's been really involved in. SharePoint, we're living in this. So outside of Zoom, as we're having our conversations with our clients to do this virtual onboarding with candidates, the virtual interviewing, these are just some technologies that are really standing out that our clients are actually using in our marketplace. And they're making a meaningful partnership with our hiring made human approach to be able to support what we're doing. We can just do the next slide. Thank you. Okay. This is probably my favorite slide out of every presentation that we're doing. And I know we all have emails and a thousand things that we're working on right now. But if we can just take a deep breath and remember to be gentle with change. So when we're onboarding a new person, whether it's now or in the future, one of the things that we partner with our clients on is having that intentional narrative of who we are as an organization. And so I think yesterday in our morning meeting, I just talked to my team about radical self-acceptance. And so we've been shifted into this environment where we have babies that we're homeschooling and dogs and we're with our spouses for enormous amounts of time, which we haven't had in some cases. And so just being gentle with the change portion of it will be an amazing part of our story. I've been encouraging people to work with the end in mind. So for me, I want to be a leader that loves my people, a leader that's gentle with change, but that asks them to be brave and has great expectations. And so if that means some of my moms have to text me, I need an hour because my son just poured paint all over my white carpet, which is an actual story that's happened on my team. Let's give that grace and call and make sure that they're okay. And when we're onboarding someone right now, if we're doing it now or a year from now, and we can log them into a Zoom call and we can tell the stories of how we approach this marketplace and what we're most proud of, you'll be able to attract talent. And right now, you'll be able to build loyalty with the people that said yes to you and they're staying with you. So give them that gentle grace and that elastic boundaries. And I promise you, it will make such a difference. If we can go to the next slide, even though I don't want to leave that one. Again, creating through technology that common rally cry to boost communications, right? And what is going to be that narrative for your team? So you'll hear me say that over and over again, but build your story. When you log into your Zoom calls, tell meaningful uh, moments or things that you've done to serve your team or to serve your community so your people can hear that. I know for me uh, at Apple One, uh, just a, a few, uh, it was in the beginning of last year, I sat down with my team and we talked about what their two-year goals would be. And the majority of my team, uh, at least eight people, shared that they wanted to be debt-free. And so I brought in uh, a friend of mine that's Dave Ramsey certified, and we did a, a nine-week financial course. 
And my team within six months paid off $48,000 in debt. And that became a rally cry for that specific team that they were on. And they were excited. And now looking at the, the market and the situation that we're in, I'm so glad that we made those meaningful steps towards loving the individuals because it's helping out. What is that going to look like for you as a leader? We can have all the technologies in the world. We can have all the onboarding tools in the world, um, but it won't make a difference if we're not loving them well. And then culture and engagement. Again, what are we deciding that we're going to look like? Some of us are in survival mode. Our business has changed overnight. Our client base has changed overnight. And so I don't want us to get so focused on how we're going to stay alive that we forget to help the people breathe around us. And so we just want to encourage you during this time to still build your team, to still have shout outs, to still figure out ways to be intentional in loving them and using the technology to support that. Microsoft Teams, I just learned from my friend in South Carolina, they have a taco app. And so you can download on Microsoft Teams and you can purchase this and you can send people tacos for good work. I don't know about you. I've been eating a lot. So a virtual taco would be really meaningful for me right now um, because... I haven't put on some work pants. So that might be a good thing for all of us. Virtual tacos. Okay, next slide. Culture and engagement. One really strong advantage. There's been some beautiful things that have happened in the marketplace. We've had IT teams transition their entire organizations overnight with data security in place. It has been amazing. The, the things and the stories that I've heard from my clients, what we've experienced at Apple One to see the transition happen. And so now that we've kind of all been forced into this virtual wor world in some capacity, the idea of hiring outside of maybe our geographic location might have a different meaning for us. And if you can do that, then the entire United States becomes a hiring uh, ground for you. And I shared this uh, with the team earlier, but I think it would really help I4 if more of us moved into a virtual environment. So save the traffic, hire virtually, zoom them in. Okay, next slide. This is something that we work with clients on all the time. And it is a virtual, if it's not part of your onboarding uh, to really work on employee recognition from day one, I would really encourage you to do this, especially now. So this is one of the tools that we have at Apple One that I'm most proud of, and it's an employee recognition plan. So when someone starts with your organization on your very first day, or maybe you do this for your entire team right now because you have the time, let's find out ways to recognize our best people. Let's find out ways to have conversations and ask them, how can I recognize you beyond a Starbucks gift card? What does that look like? And then let's set this up in a virtual environment. What is a priority worth recognizing? Who does get a taco and for what? For us, I have a girl on my team that just graduated from UCF, and she's been instrumental in helping us navigate through some of these new technologies. And that's been a recognition opportunity. She didn't have to do that. It wasn't expected. She's been recording some training calls and sending them out to our team. These things make a difference. And we want to make sure that we continue to recognize people. So this tool, if you just sat down with your leadership team, if you as a leader sat down and asked people what's important to them and how you can continue to love and recognize them through this time, I think it can be really meaningful and it can make a difference of, in part of that end story for you. Next slide. Best practices. I know I just have a few more minutes, but birthdays still matter. People knowing that their importance still matter. There's technology that can support you. You know, they have a kudoboard.com. 
Don't forget to continue to do those things. We have an apprentice program at Apple One and one of our girls just graduated from the recruiting. And so we did a virtual uh, certificate. I actually have it right here because I filled it out and we gave it to her online and we congratulated her. And so just because we're virtual doesn't mean that we get to stop telling people that they did a great job. So we want to remind you of that. And then lastly, our last slide, woohoo, hot dog. Don't forget to have fun. And we can use technology right now to support that. So I saw a meme the other day, if my boss asked me to wear one more hat on a Zoom call, right? I don't know if that's always the best approach. You know, people are feeling pretty stressed right now. Uh, so let's figure out a way to virtually do this on calls where we can support our people. There's polls, there's gaming, there's charades. We listed some of the things on you. Uh, the girl I mentioned on my team, she's going to be leading this for us next week. And so we're going to do some of these virtual games. Uh, and so I'll let you know how it works and what that will look like. I just, again, the investment in gratitude uh, to our community, uh, the, the, the stories that we're hearing. I'm so proud every single day to be able to work alongside people. Uh, thank you to the OEP for all you're doing for us as well. And thank you for being on this call because I know that means you really, really care about your people. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, if you need anything, we're going to be here to support you. Um, but I just want to celebrate you as leaders um, because you're doing some meaningful work. And I'm just really proud of everyone that I can say it to. So thank you. And to my dogs, too, that are here at home, I'm, I'm proud of them. Thank you, Nicole. Always so grateful for your partnership, friendship, and sense of humor. It, it's much needed in times like these. So thank you. Um, we do have a couple of questions, and with the minutes remaining, we'll try to address as many of them as we can. Um, Tracy, the first question is for you. Our company is on a hiring freeze. I know you mentioned having a pipeline, so how would you recommend or what kind of language would you use in interviewing right now? Um, the language I would use is just simply, we are always looking for the best people for our team. We know we need to build um, strength in our pipeline so that as roles become available, we know we can move fast, we know who we want, and we can reach out to you immediately. So we really want to start the conversation now and start building that relationship. Thank you. Um, Nicole, this one's for you. How are onboarding practices changing as we move into intern season for the summer? So for us, you know, Apple One, the, the intern program that we have, you know, right now we are still connecting with schools and universities. And so I, I would advise to develop those relationships the same way we do now. So for example, Advent Health University, uh, we have a great partnership with them. We're going to be hosting a webinar uh, for their students to be able to walk them through the, the, the new normal that they're going to be faced with as students, right? So many of them are kind of thrown into this different world. And so I would encourage you the same way that we're using technology to reach out to our community, to reach out to our current employees, develop those relationships with your local schools and ask them what technologies can provide access for you to continue to develop those relationships with students. For us, the very best thing to do to stay connected with our future interns right now is through serving them. And so if your company doesn't have that option, you know, figuring out a way to partner with the university, if they're putting on some type of webinar or some type of educational platform for their students, can you be a part of that to let them know that you are still here? And then if your internship program is going to still exist, what is that going to look like from a virtual platform and using the same technologies we have to support that? And so we're still in the beginning phases, but I think the strongest thing for us has been the partnerships with the universities and those immediate 
uh, transitions to workshops to be able to help. And if I can just add one more thing too, I didn't get a chance to mention Peggy on uh, in my South Orlando team. She's one of my leaders. But when we talk about engagement too, if you have had any type of furlough or reduction in staff, making sure that you stay engaged with those people too, um, that might be temporarily just not a part of your team. And so just being considerate of them too. And we might not have all the perfect things to say, but just let them know that, you know, we're still thinking about them and we hope that they're okay. I think that's going to be really important right now too. Um, this question could be for both of you. Tracy, I'll start with you to maybe speak from JP Morgan and then Nicole um, from what you're hearing from other employers. Um, now is an opportunity to upskill a lot of our workforce and think differently about our candidates and and job descriptions, skill requirements. Tracy, can you talk a little bit about JP Morgan's approach with this? Um, yeah, I, I think that not only, I, I, I would take it in a little bit different direction almost. It's not only a time to look at upskilling and, and job descriptions, it's really a time to look around the corner and say, what has this experience taught us about what we are capable of doing, right? So for example, I mean, we stood up our entire financial advisor population um, from a technology standpoint to be able to work from home. That was like a Herculean effort. And so what the technologists were able to do in such a short time, I think it's about challenging ourselves to say, not that people should all work around the clock seven days a week like we're doing right now, but that we really do need to think about how do we work in a more agile environment? How do we think about working agile? I know that we've been talking about that for a long time. We are all living it now. So I think we really have a good understanding. And then taking a step back to say, if I can see around the corner and see the future a little bit, to know that this is a possibility, how then do I take a step back and incorporate some of those things that used to be nice to haves into must haves? And then also, how do I skill build for the future? So when I think about upgrading talent, it's not just about letting people go and bringing in new people, not at all. It's very much about how we upskill our current workforce and get them excited about what they can learn and how they can grow within our four walls as well. Nicole? Yes, thank you. So in alignment, I've heard Dale uh, talk about this when he's doing presentations for the OEP, but just the idea of regional specialization, right? So we, as we look at our, our current employers, what are ways that we can help them add those additional skills like Tracy's talking about? But then for us as leaders, maybe changing our process and our approach when we have a, a new job description or a position that we're going to be hiring for, not just saying, okay, where's that job description? Let's upload it on some website and wait for candidates to respond let's meet as a team and really engage ourselves in this idea of regional specialization. So we know that we have so many people from our theme parks and, you know, different industries that are going to be really displaced into our marketplace and it might be temporary, but if there's a way that you can approach that level of talent and bring it to your organization and you've had these meaningful meetings on what is going to, what will this look like for us? What does good look like? What uh, talent pools can we decide from to, to bring into our organization? I think it's going to create so much brand loyalty that you are willing to reach out outside of your traditional job description and say, these, these are talented people that I can shift into my roles and into my marketplace and they can grow with me. One other thing, as we have this time to reflect, like Tracy was sh sharing, do you have some type of apprenticeship program? If your internship program, what do we do to bring in people that might not have experience and teach them our business, our industry to get them up and running? And what timeline will that look like? 
I think it's going to be really important to be able to help our community in that way and broaden the view of our positions to add great talent to our teams. And the loyalty, again, will be, I mean, at a time when other people might not have been onboarding, for you to be able to do that, I still have people that I hired in 2008 and 2009 in the recession that are still with me um, because we had that rally cry of, you know, we're going to survive and thrive together. And it's, it's been pretty amazing to see. I love that. I would just add one more quick thing. If it's yeah. okay, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I was just thinking back to somebody that I had the opportunity to hire a few years back. Um, she was a bilingual collections agent and she was interviewing for another role that I happened to be a panelist on the interview team. And she was fantastic. And I, I really wanted her to get the role. It ended up because she was smart. She was just, she was just able to show that she was so smart and the way that she thought, even though she had never done anything like the role, it ended up the role was, was defunded. So she obviously didn't get the job. Um, and I built a business case to put an analyst on my team at the time. And I literally found her and I was like, you have to apply for this job. And she's like, I, I don't know anything about being an analyst. I said, it doesn't, you're so smart and you're so creative in the way you think I can teach you how to be an analyst. And, and she has literally in a matter of probably it's been four or five years now, she worked for me. We got her another role. She got another, and now she's like a VP global compensation. I mean, things she never would have even had her sights on. So I would say also when you see something in someone, cultivate that talent. We love hearing that from both of you. Thank you. The last question um, before I wrap things up is we're talking a lot about culture and especially, you know, maintaining energy amongst our team virtually, but there still is work to be done. Can you guys both talk about your approaches to accountability um, and for professionalism during this time? Yeah. Tracy, do you want me to go first or yeah. perfect? So for us, you know, we are, our, our entire business is based around finding work for people. And so the idea of being flexible, and like I said, requiring bravery um, and requiring the best from my people. So we've transitioned, you know, it's, it's setting those virtual habits too. So when we're in an office and, and we have, okay, this is our morning meeting. This is what we're going to review. This is what it's going to look like. Deciding in a virtual environment right now, alongside of my team, what's going to be important and what can we have elastic boundaries on? And so we do a morning meeting every single day. We talk about the needs of our marketplace, what that's going to look like. We set those expectations. We were doing an 11 o'clock call. That was too much. So we shifted that out. Um, and now we do a wrap-up call every single day at four o'clock. And that's just for, and I'm sure a lot of you are doing the same thing, but just to ensure that we have this level of daily accountability. And then talking through the flexibility. So we've used Microsoft Teams in conjunction with our virtual calls. And we're talking about, hey, we're going to go to lunch at this time. There's planning. So we have coverage. My team members without children have said, hey, during hours where you guys are having lunch with your kids, we can step up on our recruiting efforts. And so we've been able to talk through individual um, expectations of people and then work as a team to deliver those results. And it, it's working right now. And as a leader, I've also done a lot of individual one-on-ones with my team because there is some fear and there is some uncertainty that we're working through. And, you know, how do I balance 
being a mom and doing interviews. So we talked about maybe doing some flex hours where some of my staff is doing their recruiting from eight o'clock until 11 at night when their kids are, are sleeping. And that seems like a better option for them. So that's been our approach. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's a million ways to do it. But again, the accountability piece, and I think we've talked a lot about what's riding on this. You know, every time we wake up, it's to find people work. And so our mission and our rally cry is so great um, that our momentary desire to, uh, you know, maybe steer off course because we have a priority, uh, that rally cry has really offset what we're doing every day to make a difference in the community. Yeah, I love the rally cry. We have yeah. one as well, and it's called We Are the Keepers of Our Culture. So we actually have people taking photographs alone in teams virtually and then mashing them together. And the CEO of the Consumer Bank actually has a, a mailbox that pulls all those in, and she shares some of the pictures every week. And then there's also a site that people can go to to see them all. Um, and the reason that we are the keepers of our culture is so important for us is because, um, you know, it, the way we bring ourselves to work every day, the way that we welcome people to work every day is so critically important, both our customers, our employees, right, our peer groups. Um, it's something that I think is critically important to be top down as well as grassroots, Right. I think that's really important. So like for us, messaging will always come top down, right? We will hear things about culture and the importance and priorities around culture. We, we spend a lot of time around respect, inclusion, what that really means and how we live it every day. It's critically important for us. Um, on the grassroots side, we have something called culture councils. We have them globally. We have them nationally, but we have them locally. And what's been really interesting is that um, we have culture councils and then we have something called business resource groups, which are like um, women on the move is an example of one, right? And it doesn't mean it's only for women. It's just an opportunity for people to get together and talk about subject matter that is <clears throat> critically important to you and how you balance work and home, et cetera. Um, and so we have lots of different groups like that that come together and that connect with our culture councils. What's been interesting is that the folks who are in more rural locations, and even, even here, right, in Orlando, not everybody's in this city and not everybody can connect very easily at the end of the day for a workshop or something like that. Um, so where we always had challenges, we're like, how do the rural folks kind of connect in? Obviously, now everybody's become rural folk, right? Because we're all sitting in our house and we're not physically connecting. So some different things that we've done, too, are like, book clubs that are virtual and we all read a leadership book together. Like we might read Brene Brown, Dare to Lead, or we might all watch a TED talk from Simon Sinek. Yes, I know it's very exciting. Um, <laughs> we might all watch a TED talk from Simon Sinek and, and talk about what it means to be a leader and what, you know, there are just so many different avenues that you can do if you have 10 minutes or if you have an hour. And I think that's how we have to think about um, being the keepers of our culture, staying connected, top down, grassroots, and that's how it all comes together. I love that. If uh, Tracy, I love that you brought out the from the top down. You know, here at Apple One, our our president just did the C10 do 10 video, and so he just did 10 push-ups because he wants people to you know really care and maintain their self-care. And so he challenged me, and so I just did uh, 10 push-ups. 
I just, I wanted to tell that story because it builds culture, but also that I can do 10 pushups. Um, so I just wanted to announce that to the group. Um, but I think it's been really uh, fun to see those things. So here's our president in his backyard, you know, yeah. doing and then challenging us so that when you talk about that keepers of our culture, I, I love that. I think it's so um, important to see how, how we use that word intentional and how important that is for us to keep this community going and let our people know that they're loved and, and it's okay to, you know, our CEO was on uh, uh, Fox last night and she said, it's okay for your people to take a break at home. Remind them of that. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Not to one-up you, Nicole, but our um, wealth group has a 100 push-up challenge going. I have not participated, but good for them. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I have a lot of downtime, so I, I can work it up. When this is over, we'll get together and do push-ups. Right. <laughs> Thank you both so much. I think that's a great way to end today's webinar. Before I, I hand it back over to Joe and our team to conclude us, I just want to re reiterate the themes I heard about flexibility, empathy, um, mindset shift when it comes to upskilling and investing in new candidates. I think uh, there's never been a more important time to have those conversations internally within your organization. So thank you both for providing us with great resources, tools, innovative best practices. Um, Tracy, I keep going back. I love your idea about letting candidates send in videos to kind of you know, showcase their personality and their skills. So um, hopefully the, all of our, our audience was able to take away some great tips as we move forward. Um, thanks again, Joe, I'll hand it back over to you. Thank you, Danielle. And thank you to Tracy and Nicole. I took so much from that as well. Um, being the keepers of our own culture and being patient with people like I'm not used to connecting with people this way virtually. I'm used to being face-to-face -face with people, but so thankful that we can connect this way and just really being patient as we're all in this together. Thank you for joining our webinar today. Please share. Uh, before we close, uh, there is a poll question going to come up on your screen. It's just one question. We're going to give you about 30 seconds just to take that. As we're continuing to build out our webinar series, it's really important that your feedback um, be given to us. And so I'll give a few more minutes on that. And then the last thing I want to mention, or two more things, actually, please uh, explore this resource page, orlando.org slash COVID-19. And then the last thing is pick up Orlando um, on the next slide. I don't know if you've heard of this, but this is a great opportunity to highlight our business community here. It might not be, but... We will tell you more about it in our follow-up email. Pick up Orlando. Anytime you do anything in the Orlando area for a local business, we would want you to hashtag pick up Orlando. Whether you're picking up food from a local market, whether you're picking up takeout, whether you're picking up dog food, whatever it is, we want to come together as a community and pick each other up. Thank you again for joining us. Please be safe and have a wonderful day. time of need, if you're able to, please consider donating your time, your resource, or financially to organizations that are in desperate need of your support. If you are local to the Central Florida area, please consider donating food to the Central Florida Food Bank. The recent health pandemic has also drastically reduced available blood supplies, so please donate blood where safe and where possible. Support local businesses that are fighting to stay open by supporting to-go orders or buying gift cards or vouchers. 
Many businesses are on financial life support as it is and will be forced to close due to the overwhelming overhead and lack of business at this time. If you cannot, at the very least, tip, be kind to those who are working, delivering, patrolling your cities, fighting your fires, watching your homes, caring for your children, your elderly, your sick, and your loved ones. Many of them normally do this on a day-to-day -day operations, but they are doing this as their duty and physically putting their well-being on the line right now, now more than ever. Otherwise, please visit globalgiving.org to donate towards the Coronavirus Relief Fund. Donations will make an immediate and lasting positive impact during one of the most challenging times we have collectively faced in our lifetime. You can also donate to UNICEF to keep children healthy and safe during this global health emergency. Learn more about the work UNICEF is doing at www.unicefusa.org. That is unicefusa.org. Thank you all for your time and for your support.